like to welcome all of you as always to worship this day. We are in the third Sunday after Epiphany and it is good as always for us to be together, to gather together and to worship God across time in space and place. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God, creator of darkness and light, word of truth, wind sweeping over the waters. Amen. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. God, our rock and refuge, we pour out our hearts before you. We have known you but have not always loved you. We have wounded one another and sinned against you. We have not always recognized the Holy Spirit dwelling in each of us. Remember your covenant, renew your creation, restore us that we might proclaim your good news to all. Amen. The voice of the Lord is upon the waters. God has spoken. The time of grace is now. In Jesus, the reign of God has come near. By the authority of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. You are God's beloved. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, by grace alone, you call us and accept us in your service. Strengthen us by your spirit and make us worthy of your call. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Our first reading today is from Jonah, the third chapter. The word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time, saying, Get up, go to Nineveh, that great city, and proclaim to it the message that I tell you. So Jonah set out and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly large city, a three days walk across. Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's walk. And he cried out, Forty days more, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And the people of Nineveh believed God. They proclaimed a fast, and everyone, great and small, put on sackcloth. When God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil ways, God changed God's mind about the calamity that God said that God would bring upon them. And God did not do it. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This is the Holy Gospel according to Mark, the first chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. As Jesus passed along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fish for people. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. As Jesus went on a little further, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, who were in their boat mending the nets. Immediately Jesus called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. When I was growing up, there was a man who was named John, this is not John the Baptist, uh, who also worshipped at my home church, Lord of Life. And John and his wife, Dolores, always went to the 1030 service, and they sat, as you were facing the altar, they sat on the left-hand side, four rows back. And they were there every Sunday and occupied that row with several other friends of theirs. And our John was 
decently older. Um, when I was a teenager, he was well into his 90s. And one Sunday, when I was about 15 or so, I had been the reader for that 10.30 service, and after church, he came up to me and asked me if I had ever thought of being a pastor and that he felt that I should. I don't really remember what I told him, but what I said doesn't matter, because this is not a story about me. And I happened to mention John's comment to our pastor, Stacy, at that time, and immediately her eyes filled up with tears. Pastor Stacy asked me if I knew how John had felt about our previous pastor, Pastor Jennifer, who had been the first female pastor at our congregation. I did not know this story, and so Pastor Stacy told me all about how when our church decided to call Pastor Jennifer, which would have been over 20 years ago at that point, John was irate, to put it mildly. He was madder than mad. He couldn't stand the idea of a woman being a pastor, and he was ready to leave the church and ready to take anyone and everyone with him, and he tried really hard to get others to leave with him. And eventually his wife Dolores told John that she would not be leaving Lord of Life. And since she was the one who did all of their driving since John no longer could, he could either come with her to Lord of Life or he could stay home. And it took quite a while. But eventually John came around and he ended up really enjoying Pastor Jennifer. And he came around so much that he saw and named gifts and a call to someone who would become yet another female pastor. An idea that he had disliked his whole life and really had only changed his mind less than 20 years ago. And I share this story because it tells of the transformational power of the Holy Spirit. It is the power of the Holy Spirit that moved John from a place of anger to tolerance to acceptance to seeing how God was working and moving in the world in ways that he hadn't been able to see before. And it is this transformational power of the Holy Spirit that I want to draw our attention to in our Mark story today. So often we hear this story of Jesus calling those first disciples and we can get caught up in what it means that Simon, Andrew, James, and John all immediately left everything behind and followed Jesus. We can get caught up in that question, what are you willing to give up for Jesus? And now not all of that is bad and most of it is actually very important to think about. But I wonder if we sometimes focus too much on what those early disciples did rather than placing our focus on the fact that it was the Holy Spirit who caused any of that. It is the Holy Spirit who cracked open the hearts and the eyes of Simon, Andrew, James, and John and allowed them to recognize Jesus as the Messiah. It is the Holy Spirit who transformed those first disciples, giving them new eyes to see how God was working and moving in the world in ways that they hadn't been able to see before. And it was the Holy Spirit that gave them the courage to live their lives in a brand new way. Another thing is, those four, they didn't all of a sudden become totally different people. They were transformed to use the skills that God had already given them to participate in what Jesus was doing. They were fishermen who were now transformed to fish for people. And John from my home church was a man who cared deeply about faithful leadership, and he was transformed to see how it included more people. And you and I are also transformed by the Holy Spirit for the sake of God's kingdom. The Holy Spirit transforms the skills that you and I already have so that at Jesus' call we go and follow and love as we have been loved. And like the story with John shows us, this transformation is happening continually throughout our lives. 
Whether we are two or a hundred and two or beyond, God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, is always transforming you for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the world is always longing for this gospel of Jesus Christ, which is the promise that we are loved and forgiven just as we are. This promise that we are valued because we have been made in the image of God and Jesus Christ died for us, and that none of that has anything to do with our own merits or skills. And this message, this gospel news, is the transformative power of the cross. The cross, which had previously meant only shame and death, was transformed into a symbol of hope and justice and life for the whole world by Jesus' death and resurrection. And in that same power, you and I are daily transformed by and conformed to its very image. By the power of the cross, the Holy Spirit takes our ordinary, everyday lives and skills, our thoughts and assumptions, and transforms them to be messengers of the love and grace God has for all people in Jesus Christ. Messengers of love and grace for a world in need, and for you and I when we are in need. Jesus calls us, and the Spirit transforms. And in those two things, the everyday becomes extraordinary for Jesus' sake. Amen. We'll sing together the hymn, I Love to Tell the Story.
With the whole church, let us confess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. May Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit bless you now and forever. Amen. Go in peace. God is at work in you. Thanks be to God.